I was telling her earlier that currently it's full or not even because some of it's in our dining room. I ordered by accident on purpose, I don't know, 300 metres of bubble wrap. Behind every creative person or small business is a great story waiting to be told. And we are here to tell them. I'm Shane, aspiring author and man behind Idyllic Endeavour. I'm Hannah, semi-abstract artist and woman behind Sarah's studio. And this is the I Endeavour Podcast. Welcome to episode one of the I Endeavour Podcast. Today we're here with Caroline of Mellow Cotton Boutique. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey guys. <laughs> How are you? Good, and you? Good, good. Good. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your business and what it is you create? Okay. Um, so I started Mellow Cotton years ago, really, but it was never a full-on, you know, occupation. It was more something I'd go back to and then um, leave again and then come back to again when I missed it. And I started really properly at it when uh, the world went crazy during lockdown one. I figured if the world goes crazy, I'm allowed to go crazy too. <laughs> so I quit my job and I focused on, on Mellow Cotton then full time. And that's when I really started to kind of put some thought into the um, all the social media and all the, you know, all the admin that goes with it. Um, because, you know, when you make something like that, it's not just the making, it's also the promoting and the mm-hmm. admin and the accounting and the inventorying and the, all that that comes with it. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's when I started doing that. Um, and um, consistency is a bit of a challenge still. I won't lie <laughs> to you. That's still, <laughs> we're still not there yet. Um, sticking to a routine is something I'm still kind of struggling with. I need to reward myself and have like, you know, little breaks and go, oh, you're only allowed this once you've done that kind of a thing. But yeah, it's touch wood. It's, it's fun so far. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some, some incentives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're only allowed food once you finish that bag. Yeah, maybe I'll finish it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that would work for me. I wouldn't survive the day. <laughs> and so for those that uh, haven't seen it, you did a takeover on Shane's Instagram, and like I can't believe it was last summer now. But um, you talked about a book during that, and I think it was called like Bullshit Jobs or something like that. So can you tell us about the book and like how it affected your decision to kind of start your small business? Stay away from that book; it will ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I had been going on about it for a while, and my boyfriend thought, "Oh, you really want to read that book?" So he got it for me for um, I think it was Christmas. And um, that was the beginning of the end for me. That's when everything kind of, you know, you look at your life and you have those epiphanies. Yeah. And that was one page, one epiphany. And I was like, oh, I only had bullshit jobs in my life. Oh, <laughs> I've done nothing of consequence. Lovely. And you kind of go through those pages. And it's it's actually very fun for an, a, a book that talks about economics. It's a bit nerdy, but then again, you know, me. <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> it's lovely because... It does present the, the the case that a lot of jobs contain an element of bullshit. It doesn't mean that you can't love what you're doing, parts of it. Others, you might think, and then why am I doing that? But it, it shows you that there is a, a, um, an argument made that we'd rather have people make complete silly tasks as opposed to not have a job. There's a whole ideology or it, is, it, it, it goes way deeper than that it's a bit more um 
um, it's better explained in the book, but you kind of look at your life and you're like, oh yeah, that wasn't a very clever job, was it? Or, you know, I didn't contribute in any way to that company or to that team because whatever job I was doing was just checking a list. And yeah, that book was the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> then I slammed the door of my last job in a call center. Was, like, I was only opening and closing tickets for no reason whatsoever. Like, no, that's the end. I'm done. Bye. And that's it. <laughs> It sounds like a good book. (laughs) I wish sometimes I feel the same way. Like I think you need to read that book. I think I need to read that book. But then again, I do like my job. It's a tough one. It's just sometimes, as you said, there's bits and pieces that you do that you just wish that you didn't have to do because they just seem pointless. Um, Because I do actually, I enjoy what I do. But yeah, there's. I think there's an element of that to to most things. I think there's there's an element about everything. Yeah, there's just some some bullshit bits. <laughs> bullshit like bits. Like life, really, isn't yeah. it? There's some bullshit parts. Yeah. <laughs> Opt out of those bullshit bits in life, too. Can we just slam the door on those parts? And say, yeah, no, not dealing yeah. with that. Sum up. What we do is kind of try and get you to sum up what you do in five words. <laughs> I'm it's way tough. too chatty for that. You, you've realised that already. We're five <laughs> minutes in and... <laughs> Right, so five words. Um, reversible would have to be one because I oh, like yeah. doing stuff. You know, reversible is a big one. Um, minimalist, in the sense that I try to not over-engineer things. If there doesn't need to be a button, there doesn't. You know, I try to work my way around zips and things. Try to be just caution because the more things you have on one piece, the more finity bits the more likely it is to break down on you. Mm. Um, Sustainable. So I try to upcycle if I can. I try to, again, reduce the amount of of unnecessary bits that I add to what I make. Um, Polka dots. You know, we all have our obsessions. (laughs) Um, And whimsical. um, Because... Why? Why so serious? You know, <laughs> why? it doesn't have to be all black and white and brown in life. If you can have polka dots and colors, go for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> and have you always been creative, or is it something that's coming later in life? Or I've always been creative in the sense that when I was a kid, I used to love drawing and I used to love painting, and I think to a degree, we're all like that. You know, it lasts more or less, but we all love playing with tickers and and we all love to, you know, play uh, superheroes and put a cape on. And we all have that kind of, you know, little spark of craziness. And then we kind of grow out of it. And it's hard to stay in touch with it because it's not always something we can do. Like the everyday life might drill it out of us. We might not have the time life happens we get self-conscious we're not encouraged um but i think we all have that spark of creativity when we're a kid and it's up to us to try or our surroundings or parents school i don't know and try and keep that going and i know i lost my one for a while and i stopped anything creative but when i got back to it i got you know get a smile on your face i think that's a good point actually you should really nurture and kind of encourage children and even adults to just pursue that creative element because 
it can just bring so much joy and happiness like if you you know just doing something that's creative doesn't matter what it is mm. it doesn't have to be drawing or you know sewing or anything it could be you know computer yeah. graphics it could be whatever you're interested in yeah i'm very lucky because like i grew up around artists because my granny was one and then my dad would have encouraged me to enter art competitions in school mm. and stuff and like do you know i think it's always stayed with me then and then when it was time to go to college he wasn't like oh you must do a serious degree he was quite happy for me to go do mm. art and everything so God, i hope we sort of you know learn from that with donica and he can do yeah what he wants or what inspires him or his creativity yeah. or whatever that will be <laughs> yeah exactly and explore with new materials and when you're a kid and you discover play-doh for the first time like yeah. um and it's it's kind of keeping that curiosity alive as we grow up that's kind of hard mm. but i believe we all are good at something and just finding what that thing is mm-hmm. yeah definitely. definitely i agree with that yeah so what drew you to sewing then what do you enjoy about the process it's really cool to see something that's 2d like a piece of thread or a piece of fabric and see it become 3d mm. Because you kind of work from the inside out as well when you sew. So when you say um, put something together, you have to start from, it's like a Lego. You start from, you know, one, two, three. And if you forget one stage, you have to come back all the way and then move on again. So it's very therapeutic to that you've done the whole thing, but it's still inside out. And then you pop it the right way up. Mm-hmm. So you're working on your seams inside and you're working on all your zippers inside and then you just pop it the right way up and ta-da, there it is. There's something a bit fun about that. There's something that I don't get tired of. Oh, that's really nice. um, would you say there's certain things that inspire you or do your ideas just come from nowhere, just from the universe? Just... From your head. <laughs> the universe talks to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's... um. It's more a bit of a, a bit of both. Sometimes it'll be someone asking something of me, and I'll be like, "Oh, I've never done that. I'm not able. I can't." And then we might have a further chat about it, and I'll go, "Hang on a minute. Maybe if I do it that way." And I'm very much trying to, about trying to figure things out as I make them, as I go along, mm-hmm. as opposed to try and get a course on YouTube. Say, I'll really try and be hands-on about. It. So then I'll discover new techniques that way as well. Alan, like I'll make mistakes because I know I do. Shocking! <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make mistakes, and then I'll go. Oh, actually, I know I could use that for later, and I can, you know, you kind of figure your way around things. Um, but mostly, it's from a personal need. Like I'll be, say, the book covers. I always have a book in a bag wherever I go, or when I travel, someone in my backpack. It was a case of, you know, your book comes out and it looks bit battered and it's you know written on and stuff kind of crumpled the pages and that's when I thought okay how can I come up with something to protect my books and then I played around with the idea so yeah it's more a case of it's really down to earth it's a really practical approach I think yeah yeah like the first time I ever saw your page I sent you the book Mm. covers and was like oh my god I've never seen anything like this this is genius for anyone that doesn't know like Caroline makes these um like material like fabric covers basically for your book to go in like she was saying so that 
like I throw books in my bag and then I get upset when they're like dog ears mm. but like it protects them from that and I just couldn't believe that no one had thought of this before it's like this is actually crazy genius yeah and the addition as well as you said of it being reversible a lot of your things like that are reversible so mm. you have two two designs to two play styles. with you can you can change it up based on the day you're funky and you're serious yeah <laughs> <laughs> depending on who's you're meeting that day if you can yeah. show the funky prints or if you have to you know yeah sober <laughs> so um, tell us about what you're currently making um at the minute i'm uh, working on a someone asked me to reupholster a chair <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so um i'm i'm working on that which is brand new for me and it's a great source of learning because i had never taken a cover apart before i didn't know how they were made um, so all the layers and things, that's kind of fun. And I'm also um, turning a skirt into a bag. Oh. That one's, yeah, that one's been on the back burner for a while because it's for a friend. And you know the way when it's for friends, it always takes longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she lives next door too. So I I, I, no, I need to get it done for her because she's asked a while ago. Um, and it's a lovely skirt with little pockets and things. And I'm trying to turn that into a bag for her. Lovely. That's do you know cool um, Dainty Dress Diaries? Do you know her? I think her name's Catherine. I can't remember. She um, blogs about kind of interiors and stuff. And she was talking about turning old clothes. And I think she was doing a skirt as well into like wash bags and like little pencil cases and like mm. talking about upcycle as well. And I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, see, that's another level of creativity. Like, I um, I might be slightly creative in some aspects, but I would never look at something and be like, I could turn that into a wash bag or a pencil case. <laughs> Just <laughs> no. turn my trousers into, you know, a backpack. There's different types <laughs> of creativity out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... Friend of mine's got a backpack that her um, a friend of hers made for her, and it's made out of recycled bits from um, the postal office. So um, she's got the backpack in itself is made of the postal bag, like the really strong oh, yeah. canvas. But then the the um, straps are made of the bike, the wheels, like the inside the the, the air chamber of the wheels. Oh, like the that was taken oh, out. Cute. And and she made the straps That's out cool. of that. It's that a really cool, bag. really cool bag. That is really Speaking cool. Speaking of cool bags, I also like your little hedgehog bag you did for a child recently. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so cute. The fun part about when you make a bag that looks like a character is to give the personality of the bag to it. Mm. Because, you know, you kind of play with the eyes and you're like, oh no, that looks like a cross hedgehog. I can't do that. Or she looks angry. And you play with it and you can see the personality kind of bubble to the surface. Mm -hmm. So I... When that happens, I don't feel like I have a lot of uh, control over the process. It's like, oh, I need pink. And as I, I look for the pink fabric everywhere. And, I'm, you know, it's very much um, not planned. And then you kind of move things around until it works and until it clicks. But you've no control over that part. It needs to look right, whatever <laughs> right is. <laughs> Whenever, <laughs> even if I, if I try and draw a person, they always look cross-eyed or just really weird-eyed. Eyes, <laughs> I can't do eyes. <laughs> so my backpack would just look demented if I made one. I think we've established your <laughs> yeah. your forte is not so five year old, but you can have a bag that looks demented. That's I'm sure you'll find you know. I'm sure there's a market for demented. <laughs> <find> yeah. <laughs> 
So do you have like a favorite place that you like to create your pieces in or? Yeah. Um, I've, th there were times where I lived in places that I didn't like and I wasn't able to create in those places. Like in an apartment where I felt like everything was wrong, the vibes was wrong. It was just, uh, mm. I didn't feel right in there. Um, and now in the house, I mean, at the minute I have my little, little, it's a pokey room. It's very small. It's too small for me, but I love it. I'm comfy in it. And I mean, I've taken up the walls at this stage, there's shelves all the way up, but it works for me. I find like small rooms, actually. Do you know, I feel like people always imagine for creativity, you need loads of space. But like my studio is also the smallest room in the house. And I find it like my little like den, do you know, my little like art den. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so, no, I agree. Yeah. So what's your favourite piece to create, do you think? Or have you created a favourite piece ever? Or um, The kiddies bags are a lot of fun to make. The ones that you have to give your personality to because mm -hmm. they'll, they'll be going on adventures together. So it's a big <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> um, those are always a lot of fun to make, really. Yes. Um, and they're different. And I kind of think it's a pity that only kids are allowed socially to wear a hedgehog bag. I mean, I want oh, to God. wear a hedgehog bag too. Oh, trust me, there's plenty <laughs> of people out there true. that yeah. are wearing more than hedgehog bags. Today. I know yeah. several people that would appreciate a hedgehog bag. Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely is. It's an untapped market there, look. Yeah, untapped market. Adults who like hedgehog bags. Uh, so collaborations can be a really fun way to work with other creative small businesses. And you recently collaborated with a jewellery designer. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's um, Luna Mai is the name of the jewellery and the girl behind it is Anya. And so she's she's got different techniques in, in, in her jewellery. So she started, I think, with chainmail type of techniques where she would work with a lot of metals. And, um, and she's incorporating... Um, stones and it's lovely and I've always really loved what she does and one day she ordered a custom mask for me and I felt like a superstar like <laughs> I fangirled for a bit then I pulled myself together made the mask send it to her and then more recently she contacted me again and said look I'm putting together a gift box and I'm looking for local artists to collaborate with so again got overly <laughs> excited but played it cool um and I hope and so we exchanged a couple of ideas on what we could do and what um, colors and schemes and things. And, and we came up with those little reversible, of course, uh, pouches that could be used for jewelry, but also they're the right size enough for your for your cards, loyalty mm -hmm. cards and things. And um, and they fit into her format of gift box. And so um it was um it was kind of cool and we're we're um a couple of artists so there's anya asked guru tea house and that's zara there's lucy from cauldron candles and there's orla from um Kuligern orla ceramics mm -hmm. and we all kind of came together to put this um little package together and it works really well yeah gorgeous it's a really cool idea it's a really lovely it? gift yeah it's a really nice way to get lots of bits and pieces from different like local businesses. artists and businesses mm -hmm. and stuff yeah it's really nice nice it is and even the thought of making sure that it's local and that everyone's kind of tied by the same principle of you know no plastic packaging or being mindful of what we put it it, it, it was it was lovely and i was chuffed to bits to be part of it yeah <laughs>
What would you do? So if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? <laughs> so if you weren't if you weren't sewing and and doing the melon cotton stuff, what would you do you think you'd be doing? Uh, crying in an office in front of a computer, counting counting how many emails <laughs> I've sent that day. <laughs> a bullshit job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hope none of my former bosses and managers are listening to this. <laughs> um, uh, hi guys. Um, another thing I tried actually, which I really enjoyed, was I wrote a book for my nephew, and uh, it was the story of a little duck called Ralphie who came out of his shell with a lion mane. And so I printed the story on a transfer paper and made a book out of fabric. And then inside the pages, it was kind of like, you know, it made a noise. The pages yeah, had um, kind of like newspaper stuff inside. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I gave that to my nephew and it was the first book. And I haven't made a new, so it was the only book I ever made. But that was a lot of fun to come up with the characters again, give them their personality, a bit of background story, all the colors. And that was something I'm It's a really cool idea. Yeah. Now you've just given someone else a business idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to learn to sew. <laughs> Shane, yeah. <laughs> You'll be making it at post office stuff. Yeah, I'm going to start robbing the postman's bags and then I'm going to start making these books. Yeah. I kept, uh, I kept the, um, the original drawings and things because I thought, no, I want to hang on to that. You know, it mm. was, yeah, it was awesome. a special moment as well to make it for my first nephew mm -hmm. and to you know it was it was a lot of fun so that could be something else that i'd give a go at i'd say that take that took a lot of time mm. yeah it did but it flew it it was yeah it was it was really a very enjoyable process create all the little flaps for the monsters that hide and you know, yeah. it was really a lot of fun uh, sounds really yeah. nice I'd buy that. Yeah. Donica would, would love, love that. Would, yeah. <laughs> I'd say my nephew grew out of it. I'll try and see if I can find pictures of the <laughs> of the book and send them on to you guys. How do you feel about being your own boss? Oh, I'm a cool boss. I'm too cool. <laughs> I'm not hard enough on myself. I get away with murder. I need to be a bit stricter with myself on the admin side of things. I have that nagging voice in the back of your head telling you, oh, you haven't done that yet. Mm. Yeah, I need to listen to that voice a bit more. Um, but other than that, I'm really enjoying because it's, I know why I'm doing something. I understand why I need to complete a step before I move on to the next one. And there's something incredibly gratifying about understanding all the bits of your job as opposed to do them for someone else and not see the big picture. Mm. Like Shane, you were saying earlier on, there are tasks that you complete because you're asked to do, but you don't really know where they fit in the big picture. And that was something for me that was very frustrating because I'm one of those annoying people. If you want me to do something, you need to explain to me why I need to do it. No, that's, uh, yeah, you have to question things. Yeah, I think you do. I think you do. Um, my managers all disagreed, but I think you do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as your own boss, you kind of, you're in charge of all that. Mm. So there may be bits that you don't like as much, but you know why you have to just go through it anyway. 
touched upon it earlier a little bit, but how have you found actually like promoting yourself and promoting your business and kind of getting it out there for people to see? That's a bit tough. And I think anyone who creates things themselves will have a touch of imposter syndrome where it makes it really hard to get out there. <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. it really hard to get out there and confidently, not brag, not bragging, but confidently explain what you're doing and why you think, you know, you have a shot at it. Um, so I try to just, you know, be genuine about what I post online and how I interact with people. I try not to have that in the back of my mind when I do something. Like when I go to a market and someone approaches me, I don't try to sell necessarily. I try and go for a chat and have a natural conversation. Because when you go out there, what you want to do is kind of meet your tribe, you know, meet the like-minded people. Mm. And if you're only a sales pitch, you're not going to get there. Yeah, I find it the most difficult getting myself out there Mm. I mean it's like so hard there's so many hundreds of thousands and probably millions of people in a similar field and you're like not competing but you kind of are competing for Mm. airspace and I'm a talker so I'm I'll just chat and chat and chat and I won't sell anything (laughs) i'll be like your best friend but i'm like don't buy that buy this other person's and i should be saying bye man um i'm just not good at marketing myself at all i I, it's so hard to it is to do every and be everything in your own business as Mm. well like i saw it was on reels on instagram and this girl was like uh come meet my team and then she's like hi i'm I don't know, Emily, the accountant. Hi, I'm Emily, the marketer. Hello, I'm <laughs> Emily, the like creator. And I was like, oh my God, it's so true. Like you're everything. And Do you think confidence plays a role in it? Do yes you think and you, no. <laughs> if you're more confident, do you think you're more likely to push yourself out there more? Or do you think it's nothing to do with the confidence? It's just very saturated market. It's very difficult. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. I'd say there is a bit of confidence that if you're too shy about what you do, it'll be harder to get your voice heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of want to just remain yourself anyway. And it's it sounds corny, I know, I'm sorry. But you, you kind of want to be authentic in what you do anyway. You can, like When you create something and you put a bit of yourself in it, if you lie, people are going to catch you out. Um, mm-hmm. And no matter how good you are at marketing, if you're a fraud, like if... if if you've stolen the idea, you know, or if if it's not you doing it, but you pretend it's you because it looks better, mm-hmm. um, you're going to get pulled out on it. Yeah. Um, so I try really to not do that whole a like for a like and a follow for a follow thing. Or, you know, I really try to just get out there, get and, and it'll take the time it takes. But markets are great for that because you really get an actual opportunity to have a chat with the people who will be interested and attracted into your style so like hannah was saying it is hard because it's saturated out there and there's lots of artists but once they get to know you and the reason why you do something and the story behind your art that's Mm. already a big win yeah and i think authenticity is something at the moment that people are really honing in on they they're really looking for people that are authentic and themselves and Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely something that's more prominent now than it's, it's ever been before yeah and i think what you're saying about your tribe as well like 
finding your customers, finding your your niche, your yeah, kind of... your people. Like mm. that's what you have to do. Yeah, and sometimes that is the diff- most difficult part is trying to, mm. you know, take a step back and actually go, what is the thing that makes me unique about this? Like, yes, there might be millions of people out there that paint or sew, but what is it that I'm bringing to this that is different and that people are going to want to see and going to want to buy into? And I think that can be really tough. Yeah. Uh, to try and actually hone in on what your kind of niche is. and Also, like, not giving up. Yeah, that because, is Because, like, I'm at the stage now as well where I'm like, oh, am I meant to do this because I've been doing it for, you know, this long and, mm-hmm. like nothing's really happening do you know do i keep going or at what point do i stop or i remember hearing stats years ago of the amount of people that give up within the first say six to nine months yeah first year because they just aren't getting anywhere yeah but the ones that stick to it and that hold out are the ones that become successful because you really have to just it takes time yeah and if if you're a success really quickly i don't think it's it doesn't have longevity in it it's like you're a quick, you know, you're kind of a blow in, you're kind of your, you know, you're, you're really successful one minute, but then people aren't going to remember you. Mm-hmm. It takes time to build that reputation. I agree. And you kind of need to set yourself realistic targets as well, because it is a hard world in terms of social media, say it's loud, it's crowded. Um, mm. All that hashtag game makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, <laughs> no way am I getting near TikTok. I don't even understand how the whole thing works. <laughs> Too old for TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Too old for that already. That's it. I've said it. Um, But I find that it's about setting yourself realistic targets because, say, I know myself now, after, um, in a few months, if I have to take a part-time job because I'm still, you know, kind of slowly rolling this up and, and I have plans of, say a house or moving and things if i need that to happen and i need to put a bit of money on the bank um i take a part-time job that doesn't mean that i failed at my location it could just be well give it time it's fine and you know you you can play a little bit with that try and have a bit of flexibility with yourself i think in my case anyway we're all different but i know it won't happen overnight and i know it, it can take a while before it's actually you know, a multinational, um, but um, it's, <laughs> you know, aim low, um, but it's about giving yourself the time to get there and do it at your own pace. And we're all different. Some people will go faster and some people will, you know, we're, we're, we all have to kind of respect the rhythm and respect the process and, 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 and the way we, we go about it, I think. It's important to know that though, because I feel like you know, people have an idea, they're like, oh, I'm going to set up my own business and within three months I'm going to be this successful and I'm going to sell everything. And when it doesn't happen, that's when they get disheartened. And yeah. it's important to know that, like, it is going to take a little while and you are going to have to put a lot of effort in and uh, it is going to be long nights and stuff, but, you know, just keep chugging. I think, as you were saying, it's realistic expectations. And I think that's the the thing that people don't necessarily have at the beginning. They think, you know, I have a great idea going to set up a business everyone's going to love it and then nothing happens for months and then they're like oh maybe it wasn't a great idea yeah. maybe no one likes what I'm trying to do but it's it's, it's just not that easy mm-hmm. and if it was that easy everybody would be doing it mm-hmm. like they you know, do you know what I mean so 
Why aren't I a millionaire yet? <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day, then I can quit my job. <laughs> no, you're okay. You can go. <laughs> How have you actually found the small business community in general? Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Um... I, I I agree with Hannah in the sense that there there might be a bit of competition because you know we're all fighting for a, a, a bit of the of, of place in the in the sun. But also I find that there is enough space for everyone. Like I'm not the only one making things out of fabric, mm-hmm. but I might be the one with a bit of a twist or a bit of different colours and the hedgehogs. Um so that's my little corner of the world, you know, and I find that there's been fantastic support. Um for instance, um, when I started doing markets years ago, before stopping and taking it up and stopping again, um, there was I met Bronwyn from the Wild Design Shop. So she has the Wild Design Store in in Cork City, in Paul Street Centre, and she's also the genius behind um, Green um, Green Friday Ireland. Uh-huh. And so she was um, at the time, you know, selling her stuff from another. A previous venture that she had called Where We Wander, and we had lovely chats. And she was, she's really good. She's a very keen um, artist, but she's very, she's a strong businesswoman as well. She has that sense of wash, you know, that vibe with people, that really strong connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at the start of lockdown, the first one, when when I approached her and said, "Hey, would you, you know, masks?" and she was like, "Yes," and you know, she's been really good at kind of guiding me along and and you know as a mentor but like she's she's a she's a great guy like she's got a great sense of humor she's gas (laughs) really good i love the small business community as well like i find everyone really supportive luckily i've had no kind of negativity or what we're saying about competition there so far Mm. i think it's kind of good to have a bit of competition with yourself if you know what i mean as in like um you're always trying to like top what you did last or whatever but so far i've had no sort of like negativity in the small business world at all i think everyone's trying to support each other and help Mm. each other and i feel like when i have heard about others experience negativity i've heard an overwhelming response of others trying to like help that person to the extreme it gets toxic like yeah. when you say I don't want to share your work on my platform because you're competition and therefore I won't like you're losing out because you could just be sharing the same audience and you could increase your 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 audience and you could increase the amount of people who you know get to meet you and your art and what you do and instead you try like again you go back to that whole thing about being authentic but being you know just be decent. Uh, so I know you have taken part in a lot of markets in the past. You've mentioned a couple of times. So how do you find them as a way to promote your business? And uh, would you recommend them to other businesses or people getting into a small business? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's how you get in touch with the people in your communities and the, the you know, your colleagues, your fellow makers without the filter of social media. It's... Mm genuine it's it's the best way for you to get yourself out there have a chat with people who might be like they'll come up to you and it's up to you then to kind of you know not be that aggressive sailor and all close out and show me the money um so it's great learning curve for you to put yourself out there you know get over your own fears and gaining confidence get the feedback straight from the 
from your tribe and the people who will be loving what you do without having to worry about what hashtag or what picture you put up online. So mm-hmm. it's a it's quite it's quite daunting because it's so you know like you're in there. There's you're not hiding behind your laptop. You're there in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having a chat with a friend of mine recently, and she was saying she loves to go to markets um, as a, as a customer because she loves to buy local. But she's a bit worried of coming up to the artist and talk to them in case she doesn't buy anything. I'm like, that's what we want. Yeah. I love a chash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's um, it's part of the fun for us as well, because, you know, you might have questions and we'll be delighted to talk you to the process and tell you how we work. And you don't have to buy. It's the same when you go anywhere. You have to buy. We're not going to kick you out. Come in for a chat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the same on social media as well. Like, of people that say oh you know i'm really so i love your work but i can't afford it right now i'm like oh thanks so much that mm. you love the work like just leave me a, a like or just leave me a comment and i'd love to chat mm. or do you know it's it all support is welcome yeah it helps to boost you mm-hmm. unfortunately i think as a human species <laughs> we, we like to be praised um, <laughs> and you know it doesn't have to be all the time, but just a little bit of praise goes a long way. And I think if you're trying to, especially if you're starting out in a business, like just knowing that people are appreciating what you're doing, even if they can't afford to buy it, is a real a real kind of push to, yeah. to keep going. Or just to talk about what mm. you do or... Yeah, having an interest in what you God, do. God, I'd love so. to just have a chat, like not even about my work. Just to be like, how are you? <laughs> We've been in a pandemic. You're another person. <laughs> but that's why that's what I try to do with my Instagram. It doesn't grow really fast. It's it's something that's quite steady. I don't play the game of you know mm. a share for a share kind of thing. Um, but when people start connecting with me, then you know I might might try and remember to go back to them then a month later and ask them and follow up and, and how was this and how did that go and because I'm. I'm a little bit chatty, you know, <laughs> for starters. But also, that's what I want. I, I like. I want my Instagram page to be a place where people chat with each other in the comments. I don't want it to be a place where people feel that they have to have money to interact with me because the only thing I'm interested in is that. No, so I, I really try to encourage that, and mm. and you know, I try to replicate what I would have done in a market online. Yeah, that's good. And being from France as well, <laughs> you have an insight then into kind of multiple markets. So how do you think like the French small business mentality differs to say Ireland's? And is there anything that the Irish markets could learn? The other way around. Um, the, the little I know, I, I never tried in France. I wasn't really, uh, 15 years ago when I left France, I wasn't really so inclined. So I wouldn't have met the small business community at all. Um, but depending on where you're from in France, I'd say it can be really hard because here in Ireland, it's national pride. Everyone's really keen on shopping local and supporting communities. And there's always a little shop, no matter how tiny the village, there will be a shop, there will be a pub. Well, hopefully that will still <laughs> be the case. Um, <laughs> but I believe in the resilience. I think we can do it. Um, in France, that's something that we lost a while ago. Um, the amount of friends of mine in France, even now that are shopping on Amazon, I'm like, why? 
<laughs> it's not more expensive to buy online of, a, of, a, of an actual bookshop person. Do the right thing. And no, it's just we've lost that connection with our communities. And again, where I'm from anyway, it's not necessarily true everywhere, um, but it's the same shops in all the towns and it's the same brands you see everywhere. And it's probably really hard to find a retailer when you're a small business and, and an artist, let's say. Oh, that's a shame. It is a shame. Because I feel like the small business is just growing and growing here, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to hear what it's like in kind of mainland Europe or, you know, wherever. I, I, my, my little brother lives in, a, in Lyon, which I discovered only recently, and they do have fantastic little shops um, with local makers. Mm. But I don't know how widespread that is. And Lyon is it's a huge city, so yeah. maybe they have access to resources that other places don't have. Lyon is massive. Um, so between tourists and locals, they have a wider audience to you know, mm. more, more opportunities. But it doesn't feel like it's a national pride, the shop local thing like it is here. Yeah, so it's really accelerated over the last obviously during the pandemic year and a half or mm. two years like it, there's a real sense now of everybody making a conscious effort to to look locally if they can source what they're after or yeah. looking for a small business that can provide them what they need rather than going to a huge retailer yeah dare i say brexit yeah like it's <laughs> definitely made us all be like well if you don't want us, <laughs> well, just the, we'll have each other. <laughs> yeah, the, the amount of money it now costs, like the increase in price just to get something from the UK is, yeah, is a huge factor as well, I'd say, for people uh, and forcing more people to, to look more locally as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the kind of the taxes and stuff that's added on now is, is astronomical, really. Let's hope something happens there soon because there's so many English little businesses as well that yeah. I love and I'm like, I want to support you, but Brexit, yeah, Brexit. It. Like it's it's, it's going to have a big effect no, on it is, it is tough, yeah. Highs and lows. What have been your highs and what have been your learning curves so far from Mellow Cotton? So, um, the learning curve, to call it that, has been realising how important the surrounding is for my creativity. You know, I, I got really self-conscious when I discovered that initially because I was like, oh, you're being such a, you know, oh, I'm an artist, I have a, you know, I sensitivity, I need to be in a nice surrounding, whatever. But I really had to work on accepting that I need to be in a space where I feel safe and I feel happy. And, you know, it's the small things, really, is the light okay? Do do I have access to everything I need in that room? Like it, It's making such a difference to my um, productivity to be in a space that I want to be in mm -hmm. and it's it's not rocket science of course you're happier when you're you know in a in a space that you feel safe and warm and 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 you have your stuff around you so that's something I had to accept and really kind of stop thinking I was a diva for it um <laughs> and you know and work on this give myself the space to be happy you know to 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 create yeah. you deserve a nice space <laughs> working on a very nice space and I'm looking forward to seeing it once you're done with it disaster at the moment I was telling Susan for those that don't know Susan will be on the podcast on a late on a later episode but she's also an artist and both myself and Carolyn know her and I was telling her earlier that 
currently it's full or not even because some of it's in our dining room i ordered by accident on purpose i don't know 300 meters of bubble wrap it literally wrap every item in our house i think like you can wrap the house if the <laughs> if the uh studio is like the smallest room in our house like if i put all that bubble wrap in there i don't know if i'll be able to get in there no no, but I mean, it could be a way get rid of it to use it, <laughs> and then I'll wrap paintings in it after it once he's popped it yeah. all. <laughs> it's funny as well because, like, when you try and buy a bubble wrap, it's really expensive and you get hardly any. I know, and then suddenly this parcel arrives and it's like taller than me and like about three foot wide. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never seen so much bubble wrap in one place. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been ordering it in like five meter goes. And I thought, oh, my new collection now. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to bulk buy some bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to live, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Living in the life. Learning curves, learning curves, people. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, hi. Well, at the minute, I'll be honest with you, I get a bit of a buzz when I walk around town and I see people wearing my masks. Oh, that's you know. Nice. And I've been brave enough sometimes to go up to them and go, "Oh, you're wearing a mask of mine. I made it. I'm Melo Cotton." And they're like, "Best one I own. Super comfy." And that makes me so happy because I keep people safe and I'm a bit of a care bear like that. Um, so <laughs> that's that's lovely. That's, that's really nice. nice. That's yeah. a really nice hi. And what advice would you give then other people uh, like trying to start a creative business and, or even just a small business in general? Just, just remember that we're all creative. We're all good at something. Just figure what it is. It might take you going back to school for a bit to learn something that you've always wanted to do. Um, it could be, you know, get a part-time job while you figure out what you want to do and what you want to create. But Give yourself the space, give yourself realistic deadlines. Don't expect it to happen overnight. Um, listen to yourself, trust that you know what's good for you. You're not going to go and start painting if, you, if you're not good at it. As in, if you've absolutely no sense of colours. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Myself, I'm kind of tone deaf. Like, I don't hear the low sounds. I'd love to know how to sing. I know. It's just beyond my reach, and that's okay. I've <laughs> accepted it. <laughs> so just remember, we all have a spark of creativity in us. We were all creatives when we were kids. It's just a matter of remembering what it is that makes us happy and, you know, for it. That's good advice. Yeah, I love that. Um, so where can we find you and your products? Ooh. Um, so I'm at Wild Design when Bronwyn can reopen, um, once all the non-essentials can reopen. She's open online, but I don't have an inventory with her online yet. Mm -hmm. um, so there's Wild Design. My Etsy, so at Location Boutique on Etsy. There's a low inventory at the minute, but that's my own fault. And I promise that you can talk to me and if you need anything, I will <laughs> work with it, um, with you on it. And then you can also DM me on Instagram and Facebook if you have a project in mind and you want to work with me to make it happen. Lovely. Yeah, it's good. Lots of places to reach out. Yeah. And honestly, the the products are really good. Yeah. And they're really inventive. And uh... check out the book wraps. 
<laughs> yeah, they're definitely worth it. Share the spotlight. So if you want to give a shout out to any other small businesses or um, sewers or creatives or whoever. There's a lot of them and I'm, I know I'm going to forget half of them. So I would <laughs> recommend people to shop local. Just have a look on Instagram when you look up for, for a gift for someone. Use the filters for geography. Have a look and see if there's anyone around the corner from you that sells something fantastic and you didn't even know about. You'll discover new people and we're a good bunch. So um, have a look for local artists. Have a look at Hannah. She's just amazing. <laughs> um, and, you know, have a look at, 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 at that's it. Really try and, and promote your communities and step back from your computer for a minute from Amazon, from all those, maybe I shouldn't give the brands, but you know the ones I'm on about, and try and kind of descale, scale back and kind of look at, you know, look around the corner and see if there's someone there that just has exactly what you need. Yeah, yeah which is, yeah, which is great advice and so it's, you know, in this this current climate, it's something that's really important as well to, to keep businesses mm -hmm. going, so. Yes. Really really good advice yes, thank you very much um for anyone that wants to check out carolyn then you can find her at mellow cotton boutique in all the places she mentioned thank you thank you so much for coming on it's been great fun thank you thank you for listening to the i endeavor podcast join us next week for another episode you can find us on youtube or your favorite podcasting app or on instagram and if you're a creator or a small business that would like to take part in Series 2, email podcast.idyllicendeavour.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to make sure you see all future episodes.